God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you today on this Transfiguration celebration. We pray, O Lord, may you open our hearts and minds to what it means about transfiguration, about our departure as we celebrate the departure of Jesus, his exodus, and what it means for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Transfiguration Sunday comes always before Ash Wednesday, the Sunday before Ash Wednesday. It's a yearly event that we celebrate. Pyramids are white to celebrate a day of special celebration because transfiguration is the story of Jesus on a mountain, going down the mountain and heading to his suffering and death in Jerusalem. And so it prepares us for Lent, which starts this Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. On this particular event, there's a mountain. It's not named in the text. But just as a little side note, we talked about a Bible class today. The mountain, it was, it's assumed, it, the archaeologists assume it's uh, Mount Tabor because it's uh, where Jesus was probably about at that time and the mountain he would have climbed. Pretty good sized mountain where he was transfigured. If you've been to Mount Tabor in Portland, you've been there? Some of you been there? And that's named after this Mount Tabor in Israel. Because in 1853, there were a group of Methodists who were going to build a church and put a church. And they wanted a community name. And the pastor's son said, hey, how about naming it Mount Tabor in honor of the Mount of Trans where Jesus was transfigured in Israel? And by the vote, it passed. And it became Mount Tabor Community or Mount Tabor Church. And that park out there is called Mount Tabor now. And by the way, it's an old extinct volcano. They didn't know that though until years later when they discovered that there was actually a cone and it's a volcanic uh, mountain or hill. But anyway, on the one original Mount Tabor back in Israel, Jesus takes his three disciples up there as you heard in the gospel. And then two Old Testament characters join him. Who were they? Elijah and Moses. Moses. Yeah. Here they are, coming down and from heaven and joining Jesus. And then it says there's a conversation, but it doesn't tell us the words. And the other Gospels don't either. But it does tell us in this particular text what the conversation was about. It said the conversation was about Jesus' departure. He's getting ready to depart. He's going to die and leave the earth. And so there they are talking about it. But it's a conversation we just love to hear, to know what they were talking about. We don't know. It wasn't recorded. It's kind of like when you're downstairs in the coffee hour, you know, and two people kind of over in the corner talking in kind of low whispers, and you'd love to know what they're saying, and you kind of want to walk over there and kind of pick up a conversation, but you don't want to butt in. You'd like to know what they're saying. Or maybe at the grocery store, you're there in the checkout counter, and you're waiting down the line, and some irritated customer is talking to the checker holding you back, but they're upset about something, and you'd like to know what they're talking about, but you can't quite hear the conversation, but you'd like to hear it. This is kind of like the transfiguration. I'd love to hear what they were talking about, but it's not recorded. It's not said. They don't know what, exactly what they were talking about, but they were talking about the departure of Jesus 
Or another way of translating that word departure is exodus, the exodus, even going back to the Old Testament book, exodus, people exiting out of Egypt and going towards the promised land. And so it has a special meaning, the departure of Jesus or his exodus that he's going to. Now there's something interesting about these two guys, Moses and Elijah. We just read, Moses died, but what does the text tell us? There's no cemetery, no burial, right? Or it says God buried him, but they don't know where, right? They never found a burial spot for Moses. Elijah, you remember him. What happened to Elijah? He went up in a chariot. Yes, the chariot. He went up in a chariot of fire and horses on a fire, just a blaze of fire, and he was carried up into heaven without going to a gravesite. And so here we find these two men talking to Jesus. And he's talking about his exodus. Two, he's going to leave. He's going to talk about death, but also exodus of resurrection. He's going to come out of the grave. He's going to take a step further and take, have another exodus. And then the ascension, 40 days later, and ascend up to heaven. So it's quite a marvelous departure, exodus, that Jesus is talking about. And so it's a strange departure on this mountain. Moses, Elijah, and Jesus talking about exodus, departure. But when we stop and look at it, Jesus' departure is about our departure, because you're going to depart too. You have to face the reality, you're going to die. You can't avoid it. You will die. You're going to exit from this life. So what does that imply then about the transfiguration? You see, Jesus' departure, since it's about us, think about it in three days. If you come to church here tomorrow, Wednesday night at 6.30 or come over and worship at 1.30 at the, at the senior center, you're going to have imposition of ashes. Why do we do that? There are three things to keep in mind when the ashes are put on your forehead. Number one, the first thing, they're ashes. They're black, dark, dirty. It reminds us that we are sinners. We're black, sinful people. The second thing you should remember about the ashes is the person who puts them on your forehead is going to say to you, from dust you came to what? Dust you shall return. Yep, you're going to die. But the third thing you should remember when the ashes are put on your forehead, it's always made in the sign of a what? Cross. It's a cross. Reminding us that Jesus died on that cross to pay for our sins so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have eternal life. Sins are paid for by Jesus' death on the cross. So the cross gives us the hope of the resurrection that will be another departure that we will depart and to be with the Lord in heaven. So now back to that conversation that Jesus is having with Elijah and Moses. What did they talk about? It'd be nice to know. Maybe Jesus told him about his suffering that he was going to have to face and maybe he was kind of uptight about it and he was wanting to know how to handle it. Maybe he told them, hey, I know my disciples are going to flee from me and leave me alone. I'm going to be all by myself. And maybe he was even saying, is it really worth it? 
Should I really go through with this and suffer and die for people? Or maybe he talked about, yes, his love for the people, why he was going to do it, because he wanted to save people. He wanted to conquer death so that we could live with him in heaven and have eternal life with him. Because you see, his departure is going to affect your departure and my departure, where we're going, what's happening, our exodus. We don't like to talk about that too much, though, do we? We don't like to think about our departure from this life. We want to avoid it as much as possible. We're too busy to talk about it, think about it. Death is not a welcome topic for us to talk about. And so we tend to avoid it. But the transfiguration is a good time to take a look at it because there's a great message in here for us to talk about our departure, our exodus. So, have you shared your final thoughts with your loved ones? Your favorite music, songs, hymns you want, scripture you want read? You see, it's important we think about that. Prepare yourself. Then you, but, but you might want to say, well, I don't want to depart. Why do I have to depart? Why do you have to depart? Because sin. Sin has broken our relationship with God, and we have to depart from this life so that we might exit it to a new life and have another departure because of sin. Sin separates us from God, and because of our sin, we need a Savior, and Jesus is the one who did that. He did something about your sin and my sin by going to the cross and paying for your sins and my sins that we might have a second exodus, and that's great. Because Jesus had a second exodus. He went to the grave, he exited from this life, but he rose again from the grave. He had another exodus, and and then his ascension for the third one. So our exodus, yes, it leads to a grave. But the grave does not win. That's the joy that we have in the midst of seeing the the transfiguration, that the grave never wins. Because of Jesus, we have a departure, an exodus to heaven. There's life beyond the grave. Moses and Elijah interesting that they're there, are in heaven. Isn't that interesting? Here's two Old Testament people that appear to be alive with Jesus. It says something about resurrection, doesn't it? About life in heaven. And then at that scene, what happens? A cloud comes and there's a voice. There's a voice in the cloud that says, this is my son. How's it finish? Listen to him, right? The voice says, listen to him. Interesting. Because now God is saying, you don't have to listen to so much to Moses and Elijah, but listen to this person, Jesus because this is my son. He's got the word of life for you. Listen to him. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I love my sheep. I'll take care of my sheep. He says, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. See, there's all kinds of other religions out there that like to tell you that they've got the way, but they don't. They don't have a better way. 
They lead to dead end streets. Like you're going down the street and you see a sign that says dead end, and it points to that street, it means there's no end, no exit, no future down that street. Other religions are like that, except for Jesus, who's the way, the truth, and the life. Other religions claim that they have the truth. No, they don't have the truth. They have the fake truth. It doesn't work. It doesn't last. Other religions say they have the ultimate life, but they don't. They're all dead end. It's Christ's word. That's why the voice from heaven, God's voice says, listen to my son. We are to listen to Jesus. Listen. By the way, think about today when you come up to the table of the Lord. Listen. What did Jesus say? This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. For what reason? For the forgiveness of your sins. Your sins are forgiven. And you participate in the presence of Christ. The real presence, we call it, the body and blood of Jesus Christ given into death for us for the forgiveness of all our sins. Preparing us for our exodus. We look forward to the, our exodus, our transfiguration. Because you know what? You're going to have a glorified body, like Jesus. In Philippians 3.21, Paul says, Jesus will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Yeah, you're going to be like Jesus' glorious body after his exodus when he rose again. You and I are going to have a glorious body. We're going to shine. We even sang in the hymn song today before the sermon, Shine, Jesus, Shine. We talked about shining light of Jesus and we shining. We shine because of Jesus Christ. We too will be transfigured. We'll be glorified and have a great place in heaven because of our exodus. Because Jesus went ahead of us. So Jesus came down from that mountain, Mount of Transfiguration, and he's on his way to Jerusalem. And starting Wednesday, we'll start that journey again with him as we go through the season of Lent for six weeks, looking at what the suffering and death of Jesus means. And then, on Easter Sunday, to culminate the joy of the resurrection, the second exodus. And then, our exodus. We too shall rise. We too shall live with Jesus Christ in a glorified state. That's the joy of transfiguration. We too have victory in Jesus Christ. What a joy. What a blessing. So celebrate it. Celebrate transfiguration with a joy in your heart to know that you have eternal life with Jesus because of his exodus, because of what he did for you and me. May God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen.